Hey, everybody, you're kicking it with the Homeboys and the Homeboys podcast, where we talk everything in the world of real estate investing. Whether you're just getting started or a seasoned vet, we're going to give you our 40 years of combined real estate experience to help you on your investing journey. Today, we've got a very intriguing topic. We are talking about where to invest in real estate, and I promise you, it's not where you think. Well, some hints are it's where land is cheap, which means housing is cheap. It's where nationwide builders and those Wall Street builders have overlooked and haven't built like they have everywhere else. And it's where we've found that the tenant demand is the highest. I was born in a small town. There it is. And I live in a small town. They, they just turned the volume down on it. <laughs> No, this is exciting. We, is. This is something, uh, we just gave it away a little bit, but it, this is something that we kind of got into by accident. That's right. We, um, my father passed away uh, 2018 and um, you know, felt compelled from several different things that we had looked at before to uh, build a, um, an office slash multifamily building on the small town Main Street where I grew up. Mm-hmm. And we were blown away by not only the reception from the community, but also by uh, the prices that new builds commanded in small towns. And then lastly, still floored by the rental demand and how these places are, uh, are filled up so quickly because, like you said, they've been, they've been overlooked. And it was something that we weren't necessarily looking at the returns immediately because it was a passion project for us it was um, it was a very important know, passion project you know, we um in the the office of that building and you know, we kind of did a uh, homage you know a tribute to my dad um you know we called it the raw room which is his initials and um you know we, but you know i'm saying that because to really stress we didn't really care about the returns and then wow the returns are actually really good you don't deal with some of the crazy politics that you get in some bigger cities. And it's been very rewarding, not only financially, but it's also been great to work in these small communities and see the level of graciousness that these communities have had for us investing in them. Yeah. I mean, you covered a lot of the points that we're going to talk about today, you know, starting with land is cheap in these places, but the, the truth is, is this was a, a passion project that got us started in this and it's something that we fell in love with the idea of helping bring life back to the hometown um, that, that your dad was a big, big part of that community. And then you obviously are, you know, a big part of that community too. So this was a, a passion project that carried over with not just wanting to, to do it in your hometown, but we saw that the life and the excitement that that town had, I mean, they threw a darn parade when we finished the, uh, or when we broke ground and um, asked us to be grand marshals. They did. That's right. Mm -hmm. And, and you realize that these small town communities are just special places. And as you know, I've, I fell in love with your hometown many, many years ago, but it's really neat and fun to try to bring life back to some of these small towns all throughout the Midwest. And we're in Indiana. So we've focused on small towns in Indiana and I'm talking towns of 2,500, 
um, another town where we um, a part of a 71 unit apartment complex is a town of 15,000. Uh, another town that we're building in is a town of 22,000. So these are small, small towns and land is cheap. The community gets behind it. There's actually some grants where you can get land for practically free and the towns have this grant money from the federal government that they can pass along called ready funds. Some are in TIF districts. So not only is land cheap, but there's also resources that can help us build. And don't worry if this doesn't apply to you as far as you wanting to go out and develop raw land into houses. Our point is not that you have to do that. It's that people like us are doing it and then offering those properties as available investment properties to our clients. So this is a niche that other folks are doing too that have, we think, the best returns, the best future, and the highest demand right now. Yeah, and it's not something you you have to develop. I think you know one of the biggest points, you know, that you you touched on is you know the overlooked by a lot of the big production, you know, builders that you know it took us, you know, stumbling across this to realize that the the rental demand and like, you know, say for my for example, my hometown Rockport, Indiana, there was literally nothing available to rent. And the thing that started this whole this whole uh, you know process for us, we were interested in buying the one nice apartment complex that the town had, newer apartment complex. And the guy wanted too much money, but it was a sweetheart of a guy, and uh, ninety two years old, changing out of the toilets in there the day that we showed up. Neat you know, guy, pretty pretty, but really really neat guy. But anyhow, he had a wait list of thirty people on a thirty two unit apartment complex, and we were blown away. Um, but you know, I don't think people understand that, you know, the housing shortage extends to small town America. It's more, it's stronger in small town America. And let me explain this too. The reason that the hedge funds or sorry, the, the wall street backed nationwide builders, or even the large builders within any state don't build in these small towns is not because they don't think that it's economically a great place to do it. It's not worth them moving an entire operation down there because they're only going to build one neighborhood and then they're going to move on. And so they have to move all their infrastructure down there to create, you know, these neighborhoods. Whereas if they do it in Indianapolis, they're going to build in eight different locations all around Indianapolis and it makes it economically more feasible for them. So it's not that they don't believe in the small towns. It's that there's some reasons that make it not feasible for them to just go down and build 25 duplexes like we are. If they had the logistics to make that easier, I guarantee they'd be doing it because again, land is cheap, demand is high. These towns have been overlooked. And there's one other thing. We talked about how demand is high. You have to understand the the excitement people have for living in these small towns. And COVID made that more, it, it increased the excitement and the demand for people living in small towns. So, you know, Rockport is an example. There's Owensboro, Kentucky, right across the bridge, which is a vibrant city. And, and it's just a beautiful place. And Evansville is just west of there by 20 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. So you've got these two really city centers that are really decent sized cities, but people don't want to live there 
as much as they want space now. COVID changed things, you know, going through that. People appreciate having land and space. And in these small towns, it's just different. So the demand is there. Don't think that the, that builders haven't built in these small towns because there's no demand. Well, and we we see it. We did a podcast on it. Uh, you know, all the vacant um, you know, office space that is uh, in some of the larger cities predominantly. But COVID did change everything, and people are working from home now. You know, they're not leaving their house. There's a huge part of the workforce working from home. You talk about Rockport being sandwiched in between two larger, you know, cities. You know, people can move from those two larger cities um, to, a, to a smaller town uh, where the rent is a little bit, uh, a little bit cheaper, um, you know, we have some leasing incentives, you know, also on our new projects that make it a little bit more attractive, but the, there's no commute for them because they're working remotely. So, yeah. and you know, the, the apartments aren't existing in some of the larger new apartments aren't existing in some of the larger areas as well. So um, it's really been, we've got, like you said, we've got a new project and this whole experience I've been learning through this as well, but we have uh, just started leasing it. And the first couple of, of duplexes are the only two that are done, and they're they're both leased. And the four tenants from them are not from Rockport. Of course, they're not. So they are migrating from an outside city, right, uh, to live there. So, well, I showed you comparable. Very fascinating. I showed you comparable units to ours in Owensboro, which is eight minutes across the bridge. And they were, I believe, 2100 where our units are 1475 1500 each, mm-hmm. you know, somewhere around there. So you're talking about a $600 savings over a very similar product just eight minutes away. And it's better location. Being in Rockport is cooler. It just is. I, I Don't get me wrong. I love Owensboro. It's got those restaurants and all of that. But mm-hmm. if it were up to me, I'd want to live in Rockport and then drive the eight minute dr- across the bridge to go out to eat each night and all that stuff. So I love hearing you say that because I know that you're like this, uh, this you know, affluent city boy, uh-huh. you know, growing up in the rich part of Indiana, you know, and I'm, I'm a idiot redneck. Right. I couldn't agree more, you know, and I've heard you say it. It's the way we were meant to live. And I've always taken that with me because I think... I think you were meant to live um, like that. You live in community. You know, you you uh, you see it in those smaller towns. I mean, really. I mean, you know, I'm in uh, in church. I mean, you know, I you know, we're both Christians. You know, you're the Lord wanted us to live in community, and you know, you you see that a lot more. Yeah. You know, in small towns. You know, I've talked to you about the close knit friendships that you know that 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 town has, and um, it's. I think it's the way to live, and I think it's awesome to hear to hear you say that. But you know, I am surprised by if you would have told me even five years ago, called six or seven years ago, that our biggest focus was going to be outside of you know the major metropolitan areas. I would have said that you're crazy. Well, let me one up you on that. About 10 years ago, we know somebody who was doing this in in Ohio, and we crapped all over what they were up to. Mm-hmm. We thought they were out of their minds. We I haven't even thought of that since through this whole process. Yeah. I'm glad you brought this up. Sorry, and, go ahead. That's all right. And, and don't get me wrong. There's other things that they were doing that I disagree with how they were operating mm-hmm. and um, kind of how they went about it. However, they were building in small towns, and you and I laughed about it. 
we laughed about it Mm -hmm. and almost made fun of it like we were superior. And, um, you know, shame on us for being closed-minded to to this idea. And it took a passion project that your dad really inspired us to Mm -hmm. do to open our minds and then discover what they already knew. You know? I think it's interesting, though, to be able to say when you're wrong, um, you know, but I do want to provide some context. The reason why we didn't agree with it so much at that time, because at least here in Indianapolis, you know, there was still a large foreclosure boom that was to be had by real estate investors. And, right. you know, predominantly that was dominated by homes that were less than 20 years old that needed very little rehab. That was, you know, there was a, a, a huge boom of foreclosures in that newer, you know, at the time, I would say less than 20, I'm, I'm talking around 2010 to 2015, you, know, you were talking under 15 years old, you know, it was. So uh, at that time, the opportunity was to be in these bigger markets and to be buying this great product that was correct. available is what you're saying and, versus. And, and you know, yeah. You know, they were doing we old crappy we houses. Didn't, we, didn't, too. we didn't have to go out to those areas at that time, but I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe it was a little. Um, maybe they were a little ahead of the game because it definitely migrated to that area, and that area saw massive appreciation. I'm sure their clients did very well. Um, so yeah, I think it's important when you're a real estate investor. I mean, let this be a lesson. Don't be closed minded. You don't always know everything, right. you know, and we've been doing this a long time. And I think we get tunnel vision sometimes because you, you're obviously an exceptionally smart guy and I'm riding your coattails. And, <laughs> you know, that we get that, that thought of that we, 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 know, the, the end we, all know all. we know everything, but you don't. But you made a great point, though, too, which is at that time, it really was a little speculative on, on, on their behalf when they were doing mm-hmm. it. It was speculative. The towns were still not back, you know we're not speculative guys. We wait until a market is ripe before we go in there. And and maybe you and I will experiment with our own money in a place. But when it comes to our clients and putting them in properties, we get past the spec period before we would even ever consider it. So you're right about that part. They were a little too early as far as they were speculating there and they're lucky that it turned out. So as much as we were close minded on it, I also, even in retrospect, looking back, I wouldn't have been ready for it yet because it was still just a touch too speculative. Mm-hmm. You know, we're very conservative as you, you know, as anyone who listens knows, especially when it comes to where we're going to help clients, you know, acquire holdings for themselves. You know, Clint and I will take a little risk here and there, but um, at that time, small towns, I still would have been a little nervous for them, but they're back. They're, the demand is insane. They're not making enough properties in them. We're the only ones doing this in these little towns. And the returns are amazing. And it's a feel-good situation where they love it because finally there's rental properties for them to ha- to grow the population. Mm-hmm. You know, Field of Dreams was on last night on uh, Peacock. And I... I just kept thinking about small towns for obviously a lot of reasons in that movie, but for in particular for you and I, it was, if you build it, they will come and we went out and did it. And mm-hmm. it's amazing the growth these towns can have because of this. And it's true. If you build it, they will come. So this isn't about just building, you know, little 
you know, rental properties in a neighborhood, um, in these small towns and then taking away from the market there or anything like that, they get growth out of this. Mm -hmm. One of the markets we're building in right outside of Fort Wayne, Indiana, in this little town, they get, I believe it's 5,000 people a day that drive over for jobs from Ohio. GM plant, a large GM plant that, yeah. you, that you see there. There's no, no housing. Other manufacturing, no housing. No housing. Mm -hmm. And so those 5,000 people need rental housing to be closer to their jobs. And the homeboys are going to give it to them. Yeah, because nobody else is. Wall Street builders sure. aren't going to do it. You don't see the toll brothers out there, right. you know, setting up shop. So it's an opportunity for our clients to have some really cool stuff in these neat locations, kind of be a part of a feel-good story and get the best returns possible. I mean, I've, it's the biggest win-win-win slash win slash win, you know, in our careers, I feel like. If you build it, they will come. I love it. It's kind of freaked me out whenever I watched that movie and heard that for the first time. It's kind of well, I forgot how trippy. awkward the scene was when Shoeless Joe Jackson shows up. Mm -hmm. It's really awkward, you know. I forgot how young Kevin Costner was in it too. Well, that was you know. uh, Shoeless Joe Jackson was actually Ray Liotta. He was, you know, That's he just exactly passed. Right. I think you know, this past year. Oh, he did. He I didn't did. even know that. Yeah. Oh, he's one of my favorite. Of Goodfellas fame. And, yeah. You know, my uh, favorite movie he's in is is Revolver. Mm -hmm. It's a Guy Ritchie film. Right. I love that movie. Right. It's about the ego and crushing your ego and, and living a more balanced life that way. But anyway. Um, but yeah. no, let's let's talk about, I mean, I know what everyone's going to be asking. Okay. You've said small towns are where you need to invest. All right. We get that. How do you do it? So to me, you know, you're doing it one of two ways. You are finding someone like us that provide these places for investors or you're doing it yourself, which the latter obviously is a mountain of more risk, mm -hmm. but it's doable. It is doable. Um, so, in fact, it's easier than building anywhere else. It is easier because you, you're you're not going through the uh, the political channels that you have to go through. And I think you're laughing because of we we've, we've tried to do it here in, in Fishers, which is you know one of. The 20 best places to live in America, you know, yeah. for Money Magazine. Mm -hmm. or I forget, I forget which publication, so don't quote me on that. No, Money Magazine's Money one Magazine. of them. There's a bunch okay. of them, but that's but, one uh, of them. But anyhow, the, 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 the political um, arena for, for here was just bananas. And the whole butt kissing you had to go through with city council members. And I don't know. It, it, it was not necessarily, uh, you know, for us. And you have to use the city's real estate attorney and that, that real estate attorney is four times the price of what our attorney it was just like the whole thing was just so it's a racket so it's, it's a, a racket. complete racket but you're right it's much easier in small towns and i think the the best advice that i could give anybody out there that says you know what i'm going to go about being a um, a real estate investor developer in one of these small areas is don't be scared to ask don't be scared to just have a conversation. Um, you know, I, I remember when we went to the city council meeting in, in we're, we're talking about my hometown, so let's just stay on that. And literally, like, the conversation was, we know you have a lot, you know, on the main street. Um, you know, we've built apartments and do real estate investments. You know, if there was ever any synergy you know, we would be all ears, you mm -hmm. know, to listen to you, um, you know, about building, you know, building something there, you know, so, and immediately they came back and said, well, well, you know, 
the land be a dollar. You know, you have to go through the process of posting it in the paper and mm-hmm. and doing this. And if there's another developer that will do something bigger and better than you, you know, for and for that dollar that they could do it, but we knew there wasn't where it's not going to be. And let me let me put this out there: that's the most expensive land that we've bought ever. That one dollar for these small town developers. I think you need to say that again. Okay, so that one dollar we paid for the land to build our thirty thousand square foot beautiful brick facade restaurant law firm with apartments above was one dollar, and that's more than we've ever paid for any of the other projects. Not only have we paid less than that dollar for the other projects, but we're actually we're paid to buy the other projects. Yeah, so people are going to think, "Well, it was less than a dollar. Would you pay a penny?" No, um, no, they paid us. It's very customary for us to get paid. Um, you know, to do these developments. And that can come in the form of, you know, being in a TIF district, mm-hmm. which that's an entirely um, other podcast. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's... It, <laughs> that's it, 10 you know, podcasts. You got to really um, know the ins and outs of, of, of that before you get into it. Um, it could be as easy as you get a tax abatement uh, for that uh, for that piece of property where you, you basically aren't paying property taxes on it for five, ten years, whatever uh, whatever you negotiate. Um, there's different uh, government grants that you spoke of, and we won't get into the particular ones, but some of them are just money handed to you. Some of them are for infrastructure like water, sewer, and roads. Um, there's lots of you know different things available um, you know for that, but ask. There's a lot of there's a lot of these smaller towns that money has been allocated to them, but there's no developers there to do anything with it. So they they, they will literally lose the money if it's not spent. Um, and it you know my dad always used to say this, son doesn't cost anything to ask. Right, that's great advice. And and keep in mind, you know we're proud and bragging about how little we paid for these and that we got paid to develop some of these developments, but. We're proud of that because we're able to pass that on to our clients, our investors who hold on to these properties long term. We're able to sell them brand new build, you know, multifamily projects in all of these little towns at prices we could never dream of selling them anywhere else at prices they they won't see anywhere else in the nation. And we still are able to get higher demand and great returns. So you know, we're not just bragging about it like we're the smartest people in the room and haha, we made all this money. No, we we don't make any more on these small small towns than we make on a bigger project. We just pass that on to the clients who are able to get these. You know, a brand new built duplex for two hundred thousand a door. You know, out fully built. You know, solid surface counters, like high end. We're talking tiled backsplashes. Right. I mean, it's, they're beautiful. They're I mean, legit. Mm-hmm. So an entire, you know, so two dup, uh, you know, a duplex for four hundred thousand. It just doesn't exist out there anywhere else. It just doesn't. You can't do that at two hundred thousand. Well, we're part of these uh, these channels, like like we said. I mean, you can either do it yourself, or you can find somebody like us that does it. And there's other people out there uh, out there that do it. And we're right. part of this network. Um, people that have been around for a long time that's able to provide investment properties. And you're right. Look across the nation and find a, pl- a place that's got a product for less than that. It doesn't it's, exist. It doesn't exist. And if, if small towns are interested, you know, if this is interesting to you, feel free to reach out to us at thehomeboyspodcast.com. Like Clint said, we know people all over the nation that are doing this. You know, we have available properties, but if this, you know, excites you and is something that you believe in too, we can put you in touch with all kinds of people across the nation um, who we know that do this and, and uh, would love to share our project stuff with you too. But, but, 
you know, this is, this is truly the most exciting thing I've done in my career. And, and there's a lot of reasons behind that. You know, Clint comes from a small town, but my family has some interesting small town roots too in Atlanta, Indiana, which doesn't exist. My family used to basically own the whole town square, which was my uncle's grocery store, my aunt's hardware store, my other aunt's pizza shop, and then my uncle Bruce's uh, basically town home. That was the entire town square in Atlanta. It's outside of the Indianapolis metro enough. It's a pretty large farming community, it right? Is. It's pretty, but the whole thing is, is farming. It is. Right? It's all farming. And there was a denture maker and there was a pie shop and there still is the pie shop, but the whole downtown burned down and it never came back. And I always, I have all these childhood memories of running around that town and it just being so neat. And it's so sad when I go up there to see that that's gone. And so, like, for me, bringing life back to these small towns, it's a personal mission. Oh, they're in Rockport. Uh, our building there is the biggest project that's happened, um, you know, in, in, in that area since the courthouse was built in 1990. Mm -hmm. And I would argue we could build five more of those and, and we'd still have a wait list. Mm -hmm. You know, there's the amount of demand is bananas. You know, we're, this is not speculative stuff. I don't know. How, I want to make sure people understand that this isn't speculating. We're not just like, well, I hope we can bring some life back to this town and we'll be able to keep this thing filled if we're lucky. No, we have people pounding down our doors. Just there's a, a, a line around the entire town needing these, the, what we build. So, you know, not only is it fun, but there's a ton of demand. They appreciate it. We're able to charge fair rents again, because rent's cheap. Or I mean, because land is cheap, fair rents, and we're able to sell them to our clients at fair prices. Small towns are the place for me. I've had John Cougar Mellencamp in my head the whole time <laughs> we've been talking, you know, uh, Farm Aid. Did you see that's coming back? Mm -mm. Is it Farm Aid or Live Aid? I told you Which about one? my Farm Aid experience, right? Mm -hmm. Where they booed Willie Nelson. I still to this day don't know why. The entire crowd, it was in Louisville or Lexington. Mm -hmm. The entire crowd, when, when they came out, he came out right after um, Dave Matthews. It was mm -hmm. the year Dave was there. And everybody booed Willie. And I still to this day, like... Is I, that Farm Aid? It's yes, Farm Aid, Farm right? Aid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They all booed Willie Nelson. And still to this day, I have I don't understand it. Well, that's the reason why I would really like to go. Because, I mean, everyone that you just mentioned is in the lineup. Yeah, um, all the old it's, folks it's, it's, there. it's Dave Matthews and Tim Reynolds together. Cool. Uh, but, but you know, you, you don't have much time for Willie. Yeah. You know, and I'll tell you what... If he's getting booed today, I think there's somebody's going to get their ass kicked. That's because, how you know, I like, felt I mean, there. Like, you know, I didn't understand it. You know, but anyhow, you know, Mellencamp's part of it. Right. And, you know, how could you, you boo know. anyone who's literally giving their time for free to raise money for, for this Correct. farm aid charity? I saw the tickets, though. They're pretty, uh, they're pretty pricey. Good. You know, good. Goes to goes to where it's needed in my it opinion. It does. So. But, but anyhow, the, uh, the John Mellencamp has been, uh, has been going off, uh, Awesome you know, in my head, you know, awesome. a small town, but this this is uh, this is something we're very passionate about, and uh, it's been an exciting journey. We're going to continue this journey. Well, we appreciate you joining the homeboys for this podcast. If you have time, you got to check out our TikTok at the Homeboys podcast. It is blowing up out there. We're really enjoying putting a lot of fresh content out there, and stay tuned also. We've got a homeboys real estate course coming out. It's awesome. It's exciting. 
I'm riding the coattails of this smart guy sitting next to me, and you're going to get a lot of great information. But we appreciate you joining us. Till next time, homies, happy investing.